Adventures of Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain Narrated by Grover Gardner in the studios of Audiobook Contractors Incorporated Copyright 1994 Explanatory In this book a number of dialects are used to wit the Missouri Negro dialect the extremist form of the backwoods southwestern dialect the ordinary Pike County dialect and four modified varieties of this last the shadings have not been done in a haphazard fashion or by guesswork, but painstakingly and with the trustworthy guidance and support of personal familiarity with these several forms of speech. I make this explanation for the reason that without it many readers would suppose that all these characters were trying to talk alike and not succeeding. The Author Notice. Persons attempting to find a motive in this narrative will be prosecuted. Persons attempting to find a moral in it will be banished. Persons attempting to find a plot in it will be shot. By order of the author, per G.G., Chief of Ordnance. Chapter 1. Civilizing Huck, Miss Watson, Tom Sawyer Waits. You don't know about me without you've read a book by the name of The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, but that ain't no matter. That book was made by Mr. Mark Twain, and he told the truth, mainly. There was things which he stretched, but mainly he told the truth. That is nothing. I never seen anybody but lied one time or another, without it was Aunt Polly or the widow, or maybe Mary. Aunt Polly, Tom's Aunt Polly she is, and Mary and the widow Douglas is all told about in that book, which is mostly a true book, with some stretchers, as I said before. Now the way that the book winds up is this. Tom and me found the money that the robbers hid in the cave, and it made us rich. We got six thousand dollars apiece, all gold. It was an awful sight of money when it was piled up. Well, Judge Thatcher, he took it and put it out at interest, and it fetched us a dollar a day apiece all the year round, more than a body could tell what to do with. The widow Douglas, she took me for her son, and allowed she would civilize me, but it was rough living in the house all the time, considering how dismal, regular, and decent the widow was in all her ways. And so when I couldn't stand it no longer, I lit out. I got into my old rags and my sugar hogshead again, and was free and satisfied. But Tom Sawyer, he hunted me up and said he was going to start a band of robbers, and I might join if I would go back to the widow and be respectable. So I went back. The widow, she cried over me and called me a poor lost lamb, and she called me a lot of other names, too, but she never meant no harm by it. She put me in them new clothes again, and I couldn't do nothing but sweat and sweat and feel all cramped up. Well, then the old thing commenced again. The widow rung a bell for supper, and you had to come to time. When you got to the table, you couldn't go right to eatin', but you had to wait for the widow to tuck down her head and grumble a little over the vittles, though there weren't really anything the matter with them. That is, nothing, only everything was cooked by itself. In a barrel of odds and ends, it's different. Things get mixed up, and the juice kind of swaps around, and the things go better. After supper, she got out her book and learned me about Moses and the bulrushers, and I was in a sweat to find out all about him. But by and by, she let it out that Moses had been dead a considerable long time so then I didn't care no more about him, because I don't take no stock in dead people. Pretty soon I wanted to smoke and asked the widow to let me, but she wouldn't. She said it was a mean practice and wasn't clean, and I must try not to do it any more. That is just the way with some people. They get down on a thing when they don't know nothing about it. Here she was a-bothering about Moses, which was no kin to her and no use to anybody being gone, you see, yet finding a power of fault with me for doing a thing that had some good in it. And she took snuff, too." Of course, that was all right, because she'd done it herself. 
Her sister, Miss Watson, a tolerable slim old maid with goggles on, had just come to live with her and took a set at me now with a spelling book. She worked me middlin' hard for about an hour, and then the widow made her ease up. I couldn't stood it much longer. Then for an hour it was deadly dull, and I was fidgety. Miss Watson would say, "'Don't put your feet up there, Huckleberry,' and "'Don't scrunch up like that, Huckleberry. Set up straight.' And pretty soon she would say, "'Don't gap and stretch like that, Huckleberry. Why don't you try to behave?' Then she told me all about the bad place, and I said I wished I was there. She got mad then, but I didn't mean no harm. All I wanted was to go somewheres. All I wanted was a change. I weren't particular. She said it was wicked to say what I said. Said she wouldn't say it for the whole world. She was going to live so as to go to the good place. Well, I couldn't see no advantage in going where she was going, so I made up my mind I wouldn't try for it. But I never said so, because it would only make trouble and wouldn't do no good. Now she had got a start.